So you can see up at the front here, we have some shoeboxes wrapped for Christmas and filled with gifts, little uh, toys, stuffed animals, practical gifts like soap, washcloths, toothpaste, toothbrush, all those things all of our kids love to get on Christmas. But uh, these are going to some of the neediest places on the planet where children are delighted to have those things, and uh, in many cases may have never received a gift their whole life, let alone a Christmas gift. And more importantly than those gifts, uh, which are going to be a tangible expression of Jesus' love for them, they're going to hear the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I am just so thankful that we were able to have our packing party yesterday it was such a marvelous time, and uh, our goal this year was a thousand boxes, and we did not pack a thousand boxes. We packed over eleven hundred boxes. And so right now I'm just going to uh, pray, and I'm especially just going to thank God for giving us the privilege. And then uh, pray for the children who are going to be receiving those 1,103 uh, boxes. Let's pray. Will you pray with me? Father, who are we that we should be given the great privilege of being your messengers, of sharing the greatest news ever, that you love us and you have loved us so amazingly through your Son, Jesus, who came to bear our sin and ultimately to heal our brokenness and to give us eternal life with you. God, to think that we as a church are able to share the gospel with over 1,100 children this year is just mind-boggling to me. Uh, thank you for giving us that opportunity. And I pray for those kids. I pray that they will know that you love them. I pray they will know that there are people praying for them. I pray that they will hear the good news and know that they can be saved, they can be rescued from their sin, and they can be given eternal life and become your children. So Lord, let nothing interfere. Protect these boxes on their long journey. And Lord, draw each one of those children to yourself. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to ask yourself a question. What do you really want? What do you really want? Now, don't ask what you think you should really want because you're sitting in church. I want you to think about what you really do want. And, and try to go you know, a little deeper than just maybe the first thing that pops in your head if you want a new smartphone or something like that or a new outfit. Think more deeply. Ask yourself, if you could have anything you wanted, what would be up at the top of your list? Okay, have you got something? Now let's take another step. Ask yourself, why do you want that? What would having that thing, whatever it is, what would that do for you? 
Maybe you're thinking, I'd like a new job, or I'd like to get married, or I'd like to have children, or uh, I'd like a new home. What would having that thing do for you? Now, I'm going to guess what the answer is. I'm going to guess that the reason you want whatever it is you want is because you want to be happy. And you think having that thing will make you happy. Because being happy, wanting to be happy, is a universal human experience. It seems to be built right in. There's a famous French philosopher and mathematician, Blaise Pascal, who in the 17th century said this. Look at this quote. He says, all men seek happiness. He means all people, not just males. All men seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they employ, they all tend to this end. The cause of some going to war and of others avoiding it is the same desire in both attended with different views. The will never takes the least step but to this object. This is the motive of every action of every man, even of those who hang themselves. Interesting thought, isn't it? Is he right? I think it's possible he may have overstated it. But then again, maybe not. Because I know my own heart. And I know I really, really want to be happy. And I've talked to a lot of people over the past several years. And I can't remember a single person I've talked to who didn't want to be happy. It seems pretty universal. Now, some people have some really strange ways of going about it. Have you ever met anybody like this? I've, I've known people who seem to really like being grouchy. <laughs> and at first thought, that seems to contradict this idea that people want to be happy. If somebody wants to be grouchy, but think about it. Think about it. If, if they like being happy, doesn't that mean it makes them happy? I mean, if they like being grouchy... They like being grouchy. Being grouchy makes them happy. That's weird, but I think Pascal was on to something. I think people, unless they're mentally ill, people want to be happy. And yet, for those of us who are believers in Jesus, this seems, this, this seems to be a problem here because our desire to be happy at times seems to conflict with the way Jesus wants us to live. Because Jesus told us to do things that seem contrary to the pursuit of happiness. He said things like, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Forgive one another. Submit to those in authority over you. Don't lust. If you're insulted, turn the other cheek. Serve other people. Well, these things don't come naturally. And we know that because if they did, he wouldn't have to tell us to do them. So, wanting to be happy comes naturally. Uh, doing the things Jesus said don't seem to come naturally. And then, there are many godly people who have said, absolutely do not pursue happiness. That's, that's just not the right thing to do. We shouldn't do that. It's selfish, and it's contrary to God's purpose for our lives. 
Some of you may know Oswald Chambers. He wrote a famous devotional book called My Upmost for His Highest. And in that book, uh, Chambers says this, Continually restate to yourself what the purpose of your life is. The destined end or goal of man is not happiness, nor health, but holiness. So our purpose is not to be happy, our purpose is to be holy. And that, that sounds right. That sounds biblical. I mean, we know God wants us to be happy. 1 Peter 1.15 says, But just as He who called you is holy, so you be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. God wants us to be holy. The Bible also says over and over and over again that the ultimate purpose of our lives is to glorify God. For example, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, God predestined us who are believers in Jesus to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Why? To the praise of his glorious grace. And as you go on in the chapter, it says two more times, as it describes God's plan of redemption to, to create this new humanity of people united to himself through Jesus Christ, it says twice more that God did all of this to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. And I can understand why some would say it's bad to pursue your happiness. I've been doing this vocational ministry pastoring thing for almost 25 years, and I have talked to people who have been choosing to do something that is directly contrary to what God says in His Word. And they seek to justify that by saying something like this. But see, God wants me to be happy. And I can't be happy doing this. Or, or I can't be happy unless I do this thing that is directly contrary to what God says in His Word. And so you've got people who claim to be believers in Jesus, abandoning their spouses, leaving their families, entering into adulterous relationships, and doing all of that and justifying it by saying, God wants me to be happy. And we might hear that and say, wow, that's terrible. But you think about it. Every time we sin, every time we sin, somewhere down at the root of that, we are saying that I want to do it my way because I don't think doing it God's way will be good for me. I don't think it'll make me happy. I think doing it my way will make me happy. We may not think it all through, but down at the root of it, there's this belief that we'll be happier doing things our way instead of God's way. So, we seem to have a very big problem. We've got a big problem. We all want to be happy. We want it very much. It's a very strong desire, a very powerful motive. And yet, our desire to be happy seems to conflict with our Lord's desire that we be holy and glorify Him. 
But what if it isn't true? What if that's not true? What if there is no actual conflict between our desire to be happy and God's desire that we be holy? In fact, what if it's not only okay that we want to be happy, what if it's actually important that God put that desire in us in order to accomplish His purposes for our lives? What if we should pursue our happiness in God in order to be holy and glorify God? Those are the kinds of questions we're going to be exploring as we go through this new series called Delight Yourself in the Lord. And those words come directly out of the Bible, come from Psalm 37, 4, which I'd really encourage you to memorize if you haven't yet as we go through this study. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. So we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about the desires of our heart and how our longing to be happy connects with trusting God, believing God, and obeying God. And I just want you to know, personally, I have found this subject to be extremely liberating, very freeing. Years ago, I read a book by John Piper called Desiring God, and it made quite an impact on me. In fact, I'll be, a lot of the insights I'm going to be sharing, uh, I learned from him. For one thing, I was very relieved to discover that God does want me to be happy, because I really want to be happy. I really do. And the reason God wants me to be happy, okay, if this all just sounds really bizarre and confusing, listen to this. The reason God wants me to be happy is because God wants to be glorified in my life. And what really glorifies God in my life is when I pursue my happiness in Him because He is glorious. See, there is more to having a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is more to being a believer in Jesus than, ma- than believing the right things, making good decisions, and doing good actions. We typically talk about faith in Christ as making a decision to put our trust in Jesus And then we talk about the importance of demonstrating that faith through right actions. And that's all good. I believe that. I'm not saying anything contrary to that. But here's what gets overlooked. What gets overlooked is that in addition to right decisions and right actions, being a Christian involves right affections affections, that is, right desires, inclinations, emotions, whatever word you want to use. And really, this shouldn't surprise us. If you think about what Jesus said is the greatest commandment of all, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Jesus said, love 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And you know, Jesus had very harsh things to say to people who made good decisions and did good actions, but their hearts weren't in it. It was all external. They honored God with their lips, Jesus said, but their hearts were far from Him. In other words, they didn't really love God. They had no real affection for God. Now, it's true. It's true that there's more to genuine love than just feelings, more than just affections. Okay? I get that. Genuine love is more than affection, but it's not less. It's not less. So I want, what I want to show you, starting today, is that pursuing our happiness in God is not only okay. It's not only a good thing, it's actually a necessary thing. It's a necessary part of genuine faith. It's a necessary part of living for the glory of God. So, let me, uh, let me talk about why we must pursue our happiness in God. If you've got the note sheet out of your folder, I just encourage you to follow along. Fill this in. I'm just going to look at two things. We could look at a lot, but I'm just going to cover two this morning. Why we must pursue our happiness in God. And the first reason is that the Bible commands it. That seems to be the most basic reason. The Bible commands us to pursue our happiness in God. In other words, Psalm 37.4 is not a suggestion. Delight yourself in the Lord. That's not just a suggestion. Hey, if you can work it in your busy life, you might think about this. No, it's a command. Do it. Delight yourself in the Lord. That's a command, and that's pretty remarkable if you stop and think about it. Because what's it saying? It's saying, find your delight in God. Well, delight is an emotion. It's a strong emotion. I mean, what are we talking about when we delight in something? We're talking about finding great pleasure in that. We're saying it makes us happy. It means enjoyment. It means pleasure. It means satisfaction. This is saying, make it your aim to experience delight in God. Consider Him delightful. Seek your delight, your enjoyment, your satisfaction in God. Now, if it sounds weird to you that the Bible commands an emotion, well, hang on. Because this isn't the only place by any means. In fact, one other place we'll look at right now, Philippians 4.4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And again, this is not a suggestion. This is not a mere recommendation. This is a command. It's actually an imperative and in the original language, it's a present imperative, which if you care, that means keep on doing it. Keep on. 
Keep on rejoicing in the Lord. In case we didn't know what the word always meant. Always find your joy. Always pursue your joy in the Lord. In the Lord Jesus Christ. Always pursue your joy in Him. And just like delight, joy is an emotion. It's an emotion. Now, I know some will distinguish between happiness and joy. They'll say, well, happiness, you know, that's, that's just based on circumstances. Joy is much deeper. It's in spite of circumstances. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Because I'm certainly talking about, uh, I, I'm not talking about a happiness that's purely external, like, hey, I found a parking place right near the door to the store. Hey, is this deeper than that? This is finding happiness in God. But you know, when it comes to what joy and happiness actually feel like as an experience, I'm not sure there's much of a difference. I don't know that the Bible makes that distinction. Um, The Bible says that both happiness or blessedness Happiness, blessedness, and joy are all ultimately found in God. We are not only to believe in God, we're not only to trust God, we're not only to obey God, we are to delight in God. We are to rejoice in God. The Bible commands us to pursue our happiness in God. Now, somebody might say at this point, wait, 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 hold on. Isn't that selfish? Isn't it selfish to pursue your happiness? Isn't it selfish to pursue your happiness in God? I mean, shouldn't we just say we should pursue God instead of pursuing our happiness in God? But see, that's, that's the same thing. That's exactly what we're talking about. If we're thinking rightly, it's the same thing because pursuing God means pursuing our happiness in God because God is the only one who ultimately can satisfy our hunger for happiness. He's the one. All those problems I was talking about earlier, you know, like somebody says, God wants me to be happy and I want to be happy And then what they want to do is something that God says specifically don't do. Okay, the problem is not that they want to be happy. And the problem is not that they think God wants them to be happy. You know what the problem is? The problem is they don't believe God can make them happy. That's the problem. They think That they can be happy outside of God, contrary to God, running away from God. They're not delighting themselves in the Lord. They're delighting themselves in sin. And we all do that when we choose to go our way instead of God's way. Which means when it gets right down to it, what we're saying when we sin is that God is not delightful. God is not worthy of our highest love and affection. But that's a lie. That's a lie. It's not true. Because God is 
where the deepest and most enduring happiness is found. I want to read to you some verses from the Psalms. And the Psalms are poems. Okay, these guys are, are pouring out their hearts. They're, they're not just thinking, they're, they're emoting. Look what they say. Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul, look at this, my soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Psalm 73, whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 90, I love this. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. Why? That we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Here's a guy who wants to sing for joy and be glad all his days. Does he want to be happy? You better believe it. Well, what's going to make him happy? Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, O God. Psalm 34, 8, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, happy, is the man who takes refuge in Him. In Psalm 16, 11, You make known to me the path of life, in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It is not selfish to pursue our happiness in God. It is worship. It's worship. We glorify what we enjoy. We honor what we delight in. I mean, think about it this way. Is it selfish of me to want to spend time with my wife because she makes me happy? Yeah, honey, I just, I just want to be with you because it makes me happy when I'm with you. Is that selfish of me? Who does that honor? Does that honor me or does that honor her? Or think about it this way. There's another way you can think about it. Is it selfish to pursue food because you know it will satisfy your hunger? No, it's not selfish. It'd be stupid to deny it, wouldn't it? It's not selfish when God has given you a hunger for food to say, I want this food because I want to be satisfied. All right, then it's not selfish for us to admit that we have a God-given hunger for joy and to pursue God because we know that He alone can satisfy that hunger for joy. It's the same thing. We're not honoring ourselves, we're honoring Him. 
Bible commands us to pursue our joy, our happiness in God. And here's the second reason why it's important. And that is discontented Christians dishonor God. Discontented Christians dishonor God. And there are a lot of discontented Christians. We live in the most affluent culture in the world. And we have almost everything you can imagine. And we have more than you could possibly imagine. Americans ought to be the most content people on the face of the planet if contentment came from having all the stuff you need or want. But we're not. And American Christians are not the most contented people on the planet. Why not? Well, because we've gotten caught up in things like materialism, thinking that stuff, having stuff, that'll satisfy our thirst for joy. Or we get caught up in pornography or other addictions, thinking that that will satisfy our hunger for happiness. Or, you know, you got Christians leaving their families for something better. Or... You know, Christians who just have a low commitment to God's priorities, to God's church, to God's mission in the world. And the problem is, when Christians are discontent, it dishonors Jesus as though He's unsatisfying. He's not enough. And when believers pursue their happiness exactly the same way that unbelievers pursue their happiness, we are contradicting our own message. We're saying God is glorious, but we're not living like it when we're discontent. And, I mean, this is something everybody struggles with. But how do you deal with it? How do you address it? Do you say it's okay to be discontent or seek your contentment and all this other stuff? Or is it to pursue your happiness in God? Look at Jeremiah 2.12. Be appalled at this, O heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns. Cisterns basically... A hole in the ground you make a tank out of, the whole water. They have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Now look at this. God describes himself as the spring of living water. Now try to picture this, especially if you're living in a really arid, dry climate like Israel. It's all desert, a lot of it. Very dry. No irrigation, nothing grows. And God pictures himself as this overflowing bubbling spring of clear, pure, fresh, cold water. And he's bidding his people come and drink. And yet his people are going over here and they're digging holes in the ground that not only cannot produce water, they can't even hold water. What's that a picture of? Absolute stupidity. That makes no sense at all. God is the one who can quench our deepest thirst. 
It's a picture of how absolutely foolish and how absolutely dishonoring to God it is to seek our ultimate satisfaction in things that cannot possibly satisfy us. Places we cannot possibly find it. We've got to see our problem is not that we want to be happy. That's not our problem. And our problem is not that God wants us to be holy and glorify Him, as if somehow those things contradict each other. If Oswald Chambers was here, I would say, but in telling us to be holy, God's telling us to be happy because holiness rightly understood is happiness. It's it's where genuine happiness is. That's what it looks like. Our problem is not that we want to be happy. Our problem is not that God calls us to glorify Him. Our problem is that we fail to see that it's God's glory that will satisfy us and give us ultimate happiness. And because we fail to see that, or we fail to remember that, we keep looking for happiness in all these places it can't be found. We will never be truly content until we abandon every false strategy for trying to find satisfaction outside of God and His ways. So, let's go back to my original question now. What do you really want? What do you really want? Because if behind all the things that you would say you want, there is this foundational desire that you want to be happy then what you want is God. Whether that really computes right now or not. You want God. You want to know Him. You want to experience Him. You want to trust Him. You want to obey Him. And you want to pursue His glory above all other things. Because that is where ultimate happiness is found. And if that does not make sense to you today... Well, I invite you to stay tuned. Stay tuned. And by the way, if you want to go deeper into this topic as we're going through the study, I would encourage you to uh, get a hold of Piper's book, Desiring God. And then I would encourage you and your small group to talk about these things. And if you'd like to, you can contact our small group's coordinator, Troy Cater. His name's on the back of the worship folder. Small group's coordinator, Troy Cater. You can connect with him through the website. And he's got some ideas, some thoughts on study guides, if you want those. If you're not in a small group, just grab some friends and start one. Just meet during the week, talk about these things, pray about these things, look through the scriptures together over these things. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, you are the uh, spring of living water. You are the one who satisfies. And Lord, I cannot, I'm sure, even begin to count the many times that I have forgotten that and have looked to satisfy my raging thirst for joy elsewhere. And it's foolish and it's sinful. And Lord, I pray you'd deliver us from it. I pray you'd show us by the grace of your gospel that you have made a way for all of us to come to you and drink deeply. Help us do that, Lord. May what we do today be an expression of our desire 
to find our joy in you and bring you glory. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.